Welcome to our community. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Don Butera. Let's just open our hearts to Jesus. Space for you. 
we are open to hear your word Jesus we want you to do whatever you want to do we trust you Lord God we trust you with our hearts Lord we trust you with our lives oh God father you we, we, we just let you do whatever you want Lord God I know that's Lord. I'm scared even to pray that prayer Lord but Lord God do whatever you want to do move wherever you want to move Lord God say Whatever you want to say, whatever you need to say, Lord God, help us to be uh, surrendered so that, Lord God, you can change whatever you want to change. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I'm going to talk this morning. I've said these things before. I feel like I haven't uh, said them in a while. And I just feel like I just, this morning, uh, probably because uh, we've been talking about some really heavy things, you know. We've been talking about, you know, how to handle earthly things in a heavenly way. And I challenged you with those, those different things. And then, and then we talked about how um, we have to face God, facing the Lord and, and dealing with the crucifixion. And then, and then we talked about being, you know, the highest level, not just a volunteer, not just a servant, but actually to be a bondservant, to freely give your life to God and say, I will be your slave forever because I love who you are and I know these things have been kind of like heavy issues and so this morning I kind of want to go back to it's not like I'm being light actually I believe if you catch what I'm saying today it will change your life uh, it's to me the the foundation the foundation of how to be set free how to truly be set free when I came to Jesus, in, 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 it was actually, boy, it tells you how old I am. Uh, I, I came in 19, the heck, how old was I? Nine, 21, so 19, I don't know, 1981. About 1981, I came to Jesus. And, you know, back then, uh, you know, churches were a bit different. I'll just be honest with you. I, I, came, I came from a Catholic background, never been to any other church, and I was I, I came to Jesus, went back to the Catholic church, and, and I met a guy there, and he said, hey, I think I know, I know a church you might like, you know. 
So I went to a, a Pentecostal holiness church. Now, I don't know if you've ever been to one, but back in 1980, the Pentecostal Holy Church, you know, would sing some of the funniest songs in the world. And, uh, you know, the first time I ever walked in there, you know, they, 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 uh, they sang a hymn that, like, I'm a rock and roll guy. And so, you know, when I hear, you know, pinch another cheek, pinch a cheek next to you. I just start laughing. I think it's the funniest song in the world. So I just laughed. And by the way, in the Catholic church back then, you don't laugh in the Catholic church. So I took the hymn book because that's what they had. And I stuck it in my face. I was laughing. I thought it was the funniest place I've ever been to in my life. And then the pastor preached a message that I, to this day, I'll never forget. And, and from then I decided that I wanted to start going to that church one thing I didn't know uh, is back then, you know, this Pentecostal holiness movement, you know, we didn't talk a whole lot about this, this love of God, this grace that's so amazing. And so, um, you know, uh, you know, I, 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 you do what you know. And so, you know, I grew up and, and, and God, you know, led me to be a pastor and I, and I preached. It wasn't until probably almost 18 years after being a Christian, about eight years into me preaching, that God just, well, what happened to me was I was at this guy's house and he prayed for me and for the next three hours, I was on the floor, unable to move and the Holy Spirit was pouring out and telling, and God was telling me how much he loved me, how much he really cared about me. And, uh, and, and, and so this grace of God is, is something that I just can't get away from. And I just want to continue to, uh, today I want to talk about God's grace, his love towards you, his love fully in you. It says in John chapter one, it says, so the word became human or became flesh and he made his home here with us. It's talking about Jesus coming to earth. And, and he says, he was full of grace or unfailing love. And he was full of faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. This word, full, is, is not like a glass half empty. It is full and overflowing. And so God's love is complete. It is total. You know, we were just singing that song. You know, I stand, you know, I stand with open heavens. You know, how does it say? I stand redeemed, open heavens. That, that open heavens is full. It's complete. It's total. God can't love you any more than he loves you now. And he didn't ask you what you did or didn't do. He can't love you more than he does right now. You can't do anything right now that would cause him to love you less. You can't do anything right now. All your worship did not make him love you more. He loved you fully before you started. He loves you fully at the end. His love is absolutely complete. That's why when the angels, when Jesus came and the angels were talking to the shepherds, they said, uh, they said, glory to God in the highest, you know, and peace on earth on whom his favor rests. That favor is God's grace in all its fullness. 
He, when he falls on you, you have nothing but favor over you because it is complete and total. And I, I sense, even as I'm saying this, that some of you are resisting receiving what I'm, about, what I'm saying to you right now. And I know it's hard. I know it, 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 it goes against everything. Because inside you're saying, I don't deserve I don't deserve. I, how can I deserve such unconditional love of God, even when I don't surrender? How can I, how can I, how can I, how can I receive that and say, I deserve it? Has nothing about deserving. Nothing about deserving. I, I don't want to say you don't deserve it, but you don't, but it doesn't matter. You know, I mean, when, when my child was born, they did nothing, absolutely nothing, but they filled my world. I completely loved them without any, any reservation. The minute they were born, I would have died for them without thinking. When Nina was born, and obviously she, was in the, she could have died easily, I prayed the prayer, God, take me, don't take her. Lord, take my heart. And restore her as whatever it takes, God. I will give my life for her. Now, I'm a human being. How much more an infinite God who loves you completely would give his life for you? And he did. And I say this, that he would give his life 10 times if that's what it really took. Now, it only took once, praise God, because he's perfect. But if it took 10 times, he would come 10 times and give his life for you. Not because of anything you've done. Not because of who you are. But because he is full of grace and mercy. But as many as receive him, Jesus said, or John, John said in, in the Gospel of John, he said, to them he gives the right to become the children of God. Even those who, who, who uh, excuse me, even to those who believe in his name, who are born not of blood, nor of the will of man, but the will of God. Do you understand that he gives you the right to become the children of God? You have a right to be a child of God, like that song. By the way, we're changing the last song and we're doing that song. Who, who uh, I'll tell you which one. Trust me. They don't like, I change things up all the time. But you have a right. You have a right to be a child of God. It's been given to you. You know, like when I go back to America, I'm from America. When I go back to America, I don't ask them to walk in. I don't ask them to walk in. Show them my passport, and I'll walk in. And if they stop me, I get angry. Because I have an absolute right to be there. Does that make sense to you? The same is true about being a child of God. You know, and, and, and I, I know I've shared this before, but I'm going to share it again. In Luke chapter 15, I love Luke chapter 15. It's really all about... Jesus saving the, those he loves. 
But he talks about what they call the prodigal son, you know, the story of the lost son. He, you know, he comes to his father. He asks for the father's. Uh, he wants for his own inheritance. And when he says, Father, give me my inheritance, basically he's saying, God, Father, I really wish you were dead so I can get what's mine. And then he goes off and he blows it all. He, he messes it all up. He, he does all this crazy stuff. And, and he's, he's, he's with the pigs. And, and he says, I don't even deserve to be your child. And so maybe I can go back. And, and so he doesn't even feel like he belongs to the father. And it says, you know, uh, the son said to him, father, I have sinned against you, against heaven. And, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your child. But the father said to the servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put the ring on his finger and the sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened cow and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For the son of mine, it was dead and now is alive again. He was lost and now he's found. Let us celebrate. Now, that was a parable. And, and in this parable, I, I love this because first it, it talks about the father. And if you know the story it, it talks about how the, the, the father was looking for the son, wanting him to come home. And it says that when he saw the son from far off, he ran towards him. Now, we can in, in instantly see that that's, that's, a, that's a love from him. But let me tell you another part of it. Customs, in customs, uh, in their custom at that time, or their budaya, uh, if someone else had seen that son before the father got there, what they would do is they would have run out to that guy. Like if you were in the village, you would have known what had happened. You would have run out to that guy. You would have taken a jar and you would have thrown it at his feet and broke it and said, shame on you for what you did to your father. It was so, you were so wrong and, and you deserve shame and you deserve to leave this place. You have no right to be here. That's what they would have done to this son. And all I could think of was the father said, I want to get to the son before he receives any shame about what he did. Now, to me, that blows my mind that God wants to take away all the shame. He wants to take all your shame away. He wants you to fully, fully receive. And in this parable, what's very interesting about this parable is the end, it doesn't say anything. You know, we often think in the end, it's all nice and clean. And, you know, the son goes in and he starts eating and celebrating. It's very possible he did that. But it's also very possible that he went in the room and the music was playing and the father was dancing and he was telling everybody to celebrate. And he was sitting there saying, I don't deserve this. Like he couldn't receive the celebration because he felt like he didn't belong any longer. And he sat there and he struggled saying, how can the father celebrate? Look what I did to him and still not really receive the very right that the father just gave him. And I believe that today there are people here sometimes that struggle with this very thought. God has given you the complete right to enter back into his presence through the blood of Jesus and you can enter in 
fully, celebrate without shame, celebrate, receive the goodness of God completely in your life. Because it says that when Jesus, when you, when you, when you come to Jesus, what does he do? He comes inside you. Who is he? Who is he? He's the one who is full of grace and mercy, which means when he's full of grace and he comes into you, you are filled with grace. You are filled with complete mercy. And so really what it comes down to in our lives is it comes down to the fact that we need to receive this. Like when, when you're born, when you're born, like you, you realize when you're born, not the, you didn't have a choice about who your parents were, but you didn't even think about it. You receive them as your parents without a thought in mind. You allowed them to have complete authority over you without even a thought. You surrendered to their hug because they were your parents. Now, some of you didn't have the best parents in the world. And, and I remember my life. I remember when I was like, I think it was around seven years old. Seven-year-old, I had good parents. I mean, they weren't perfect, of course. And, you know, I, when I told my mom that one time when I, after I became a Christian, I said, yeah, mom, I grew up in a dysfunctional family. And she, she said, what? She was all insulted. I said, mom, everybody grows up in a dysfunctional family. Can I get an amen? I mean, come on. Once you're imperfect, you, you, you're dysfunctional. <laughs> Sorry. And I remember seven years old looking at my dad and he made a mistake. And it was the first time I realized, I mean, he had made mistakes before that, but it was the first time I realized he made a mistake. And I, I remember saying to myself, wow, my dad's not perfect. I remember realizing that. And so when you're born, you don't really think like that. You just say, yes, it is what it is. But when you're born again, the thing about being born again is you're, when you're born again into the kingdom of God, you are like mentally uh, alert. And so even though you're born again, you don't fully submit to his goodness because you've got fears you got doubts. I, I, I didn't bring it today. I was almost going to bring the big blue ball. And if those were ever here, as years ago, I preached this message. We always carry around these big blue balls, you know, like they're full of, you know, fears and doubts and, and, and worries and cares and, and insecurities. And, 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 and it says that the, 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 the way to the heaven is a narrow gate. You've got to let go of those things. Because if you're holding on to that, you, you, you can't get filled with God's goodness and his graciousness. So when you're born again into the kingdom, you've got to kind of surrender and fully trust him, fully trust him. You know, for me, you know, when I was on the outside, you know, I was always on the outside. That's what happens. You're on the outside looking in. You're on the outside looking into heaven. You're on the outside looking in and you're saying, I want to get there. I, I wanted to get there. And I didn't know how to get there when I was younger. And then finally Jesus came and, and I realized I was in. But some of us have been outside so long that when we come in, we still think we're outside. You understand what I'm saying? 
You're still doing a dance for Jesus so you can get in. And he's already saying you're already in. You understand what I'm saying? You're catching this. So this morning, I, I want you to just like receive it. Receive him. It says he rescued, he rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and he transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave all our sins. He forgave all our sins. He took us out of darkness and he didn't put us into shadows. He put us into the light. Complete light. Total. I said I wasn't going to yell today. Total light. Like completeness. So I, I get this picture sometimes. We're surrounded by light. And not only surrounded by it, God's light is in us. And we're still going, I need to do something. Yeah, you do. You do need to do something. You know what you need to do? Just surrender and trust. Do you trust that he's a good father? A pure father. All right, let's, let's, let's just stop for a minute. I, I just feel like we've got to worship through this message. So I, I want to just play. Uh, they, they, I don't know what song they picked out. Play a song. I don't know what it is. I, I tell the word, I tell, I tell, I tell Ariel what I want. She goes, eh. I said, all right, Ariel, just pick something. I don't know. You know better than I do. So I, you might not even know this song. It doesn't matter. I want you to just let the grace of God rest on you and in you and, and, and let him flow through you and receive fully his grace. Receive fully his grace. If you need to stand, if you need to find a spot in the corner, it doesn't matter. It's not the position of your body that matters. It's really where your heart is. Just let the Lord flow in you and around you. Forgive you even if you need to. let the Holy Spirit pour over you with love. He wants to bless you this morning with love.
believe his hands outstretched. I believe that he is running towards us with as much speed as he possibly can. I just ask that you just turn and just fall in his arms. Fully trust him. Believe that he has forgiven you of everything and that he is restoring you to the proper place as sons and daughters of the Most High God. He can't give you any more. He's given everything to you already. I just want to spend some time walking through, uh, forgive me, I got to use my glasses here, but walking through Psalms 103. Because I think what happens is because we live in such a, such a cesspool, forgive me, but it's true, we know this. It's a tough world, man. Some people say, why do these things happen? I just say, I don't know why these things happen. It's just, you know, I, it's just a tough world. And because we live in that kind of world, we forget that we have a perfect father. A perfect father. I mean, he's perfect. Do you believe that he is a perfect father? We say yes to that question. But I'm talking about a perfect father who is good. And good towards you, over you, for you, with you. He is a perfect father. Not like our fathers that we have here on earth. Even if you had good parents, they're not even close to our father in heaven. And he is a perfect father. I go to, I go to uh, like, you know, sometimes I go to conferences and things in there. It's always about like leadership and training and mentoring you know what we need? We need fathering. We need to be fathered. We need our father to teach us. We go through life and, and, and talk about how, you know, we need to like, kind of like uh, understand our identity, you know? Or we say our identity in Christ. Maybe what we need to do instead of trying to figure out our identity in Christ is just figure out the identity who is within us. The Heavenly Father. Once you understand His identity, who lives inside you, your identity is done. And this is our perfect Father. This is a description. May I never forget the good things that you have done for me. Why do we always remember what we consider bad things? And I just want you to be careful what you deem good and what you deem bad. You know, because just go back to Joseph and, and hear him say what, what, the, what, what was meant for evil, God meant for good. God knows what he's doing in your life. And, and inside, I said I wasn't going to scream today, but inside I'm screaming right now. And I'm saying, don't you know you're going to win in the end? Don't you know that absolutely nothing, 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 nothing can separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus? You will win every single time. What's he going to do? Don't let someone, don't let the devil uh, try to, try to like, uh, you know, fight you with death because he can't win because he's, he's got no more bullets. God took away death. 
He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me shall not die. And if he lives, he'll never die. How many are alive today? Guess what? You're not going to die. So why worry about it? I like what one preacher said. Why are you worried about death? It's only promotion. But I don't know why I feel like I want to say this, but I want to say this. Ooh, I want to say it's not promotion, okay? Now, let me, follow me when I say it's not promotion. Where are you seated now? The right hand, right next to Jesus, right? You're seated, it says, right, you're seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. I don't think you get much more of a promotion than that. The only one that wanted a bigger promotion than that was the devil, and he didn't get one. Because you can't go any higher than sitting next to Jesus on the throne. And that's where you are now. Do you get that? That's where you are now. That's why you can stand over things and you can declare them because you have been given the right to be a child of God. Don't yell, Donald. You said no yelling today. Our perfect father forgives us of all our sins and he heals us of all our diseases. Yeah, he does. He redeems us from death. Undeserving, right? Undeserving. We don't deserve it. Yes, we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's in the past. Behold, all things have become new. He restores, he redeems us from death. And what does he do? He doesn't just like sit us in the corner. It says he crowns us with love and mercy. He takes a crown and he puts it on your head. He fills my life with good things. I pray that you would have the eyes of the Holy Spirit so that you would see all the goodness around you. If you're watching the news, you won't see goodness. That's not their job. But the Holy Spirit will show you how he is ever present in every place, every spot in your life, past, present, future. He never leaves you. Though we wonder, it says, right? He never leaves us. I'm trying to move on. He fills my life with good things. He gives me righteousness, right standing with God. He gives, a, he gives you complete and total access into his throne room. And when you walk in, he doesn't say, why are you here with those things? He says, come on in. My Indian friend said to me, he said, you know, Donald, he was talking to me, he, he, we were talking about God, and he says, you know, if you were going to meet the president, you know, of Indonesia or the United States or someone, you would dress up, you would act very formal, and you would shake his hand, and you would say, thank you, it's an honor to meet you. And I said, yes, that's absolutely true, but if he was my father, I'd run on his lap, and I'd jump in his lap, and I'd hug him, and I'd kiss him, and I'd tell him how much he loves me, and he would tell me how much he loves, yeah, you got it, you understand what I'm saying. But he's just, that's how much he loves you. 
When you come into the throne room, you can run and jump in his lap and say, Daddy, I need you. This is why it says we cannot receive the kingdom of God unless we receive it like a child who just submits without thinking, who just says, that's my father and doesn't have a doubt about it or a thought about it. A child who learns his culture and his principles and teachings without a filter of right or wrong. That's what kids do. Can you, let's, let's, how about we get like that with God? You know, because God says something to us, like, is that right? Let's get the brains out of the way and let's become children and receive because he's a good and perfect father. He fills us with good things and justice to all. God is a God of compassion and mercy. He is slow to anger and filled with unfailing love. There's that word filled again. He's full of it. It's full. It's not partial. It's full. He will not constantly accuse us. That is the other guy. He does not punish us for our sins. That's what first, that's what, this is before, this is David who understood the heart of God. He does not deal with us harshly for his unfailing love is as great and as high as the heavens above the earth. And he has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. You can't get any further from your sins when you're in Jesus. So why, excuse me, I got to talk to the back. Deal with it. Never mind. They're throwing me a signal up there. Deal with it. I know what's going on. I'm fully aware of what's happening. It's a joke. We have fun back there. I love those guys. By the way, they work really hard. Let's give them a hand. They work so you don't have to. You know what, uh, Arnold, I know you're in the back. I know you can hear my voice. And so, Arnold, I'm going to ask you to come. I'm going to just jump right to that one song, that one song that I want to do. So, Arnold, if you just come. I, I, I just felt like in my spirit that, that Arnold uh, should lead us in this song. And, and so I'm going to invite the, the, it's okay that my time is up. I think I've said enough anyways. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask that the, the, the prayer team, just, just come on over here. You know, I know you guys. You guys are my friends here. So I know that you guys will move to the next row. And we're just going to open up this front row for people who need prayer. And if you just stay there, they'll pray for you. If you, if you want the prayer, it's fine with me too, you know. So the prayer team, if you guys just come over here. Uh, and, and we're going to pray for people over there. And we're going to sing this song. Uh, it's about the good father, right? Because he's a good father. And I just want you to surrender him and trust him fully this morning because he will never, ever, 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 ever disappoint us. You might think he disappoints you, but trust me, he doesn't. He doesn't disappoint. In the end, it's so funny, last thought. 
I, I went through this thing from January to April. Uh, I changed my perspective because, you know, I, I tend to, I, my family has the curse of worry. You know, I got it from my father and I've, my earthly father, and, and I've been trying to break it. And so uh, April, there was a big thing coming up and it was, it was, was big, it was way big. But in January, I decided, you know what? Today, I, I, did, I said, you know what? In, Jan in April, God's going to come through because he does every single time. And when he comes through, I'm going to say to him, Jesus, you came through. I'm sorry I doubted your ways. I'm sorry I worried all that time. And I'm going to have wasted three months. So I decided in January, you know what? I'm not going to worry. I just refused to worry. I chose not to worry. I just said, that's it. I'm just going to trust. I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to worship. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to keep doing what I do. But, you know, I'm just going to trust you, God, that you're a good father. You know what I need. April came. He came through. And I didn't waste three months of worrying. Some of you are worried that God's a good father. You, you, you're having trouble trusting that. When you die and you see him, you're going to say, why did I waste all that time worrying when I see his face? You're going to know that he was there all the time and he took care of you through it all. Even when you were worried, he still took care of you. So instead of letting that waste all your energy, let's just rejoice at his goodness. Yeah. Amen? Let's all stand.